10 minutes after we started dancing and everything was perfect and I was happy, surrounded by people I love. Um, I started seeing things in the sky. I think that was the moment when I understand that maybe, maybe it's the end and maybe, maybe we're going to die here. That is the voice of my next guest, who was one of a few thousand at a celebration of peace. This was a colorful desert rave near the Gaza border, and uh, sun was rising. It was about 6 a.m. Most revelers didn't even go to bed, you know. You know what you were like at that age, just dancing, enjoying the Supernova Festival. Don't forget, they're just coming out of the high holidays, most religious and uh, somber of the Jewish holidays. And, and, and in that moment, you see the music stop, you hear that, and then you see hang gliders coming over, uh, you know, the crowds, completely oblivious. And then you see mayhem. It's some of the most stunning moments in, in what is nothing but moments and certainly we know that ultimately uh, hundreds were killed and many did survive, uh, but we still don't know the full story here. Noah Kalash is a survivor. She was at that festival. She's joined by her boyfriend, Moar Benezri, sorry, also at the festival. And I thank you both for coming on today. Hi. I assume that both of you are absolutely exhausted. And Noah, I don't know if either of you have had time to reflect on, on what has happened, but when you, you know, now looking back to then, what goes through your mind? Um, I think we're not processing everything yet because just a few hours ago, I was informed that another very good friend of mine was found dead. In fact, slaughtered, among with many others. And, of course, many are still missing, not knowing what's happening. Their families are sitting home, not be able to breathe, to sleep, to continue to do anything when they know that their beloved are still missing, perhaps dead or kidnapped. It's, so uh, that's all I'm thinking about for now. Yeah, and, um, and, and more and more thoughts will come to you. Moar, let me bring you into this conversation. You're at this festival. You guys are having fun. Take us through those moments of when you're in this party and then you realize, like, was it instant that you knew you were being attacked? Like, take us through that if you can. In the beginning, we didn't realize that there is an attack because it's very common that we'll be uh, alert uh, about uh, missiles in the air in this area of the country. So at the beginning, we just ran away from the party to the car and start driving uh, home. Uh, we found a shelter uh, like two minutes from the party and we go hide over there. And after like 20 minutes in the shelter, we decided to go home and try to reach home before, I don't know, something bad will happen. And after like 30 seconds, uh, all the cars in the road just stopped and did a U-turn uh, and someone just started to shoot, to shout. 
uh, there is a terrorist over there, be careful, uh, there is, uh, uh, and then we just start to hear uh, some shots in the air. And we did a U-turn, start to go into the other side, and then there, over there, there was another terrorist that just uh, shoots everywhere. And then we just decided, then we just understand that we stuck between two terrorists that just try to to kill us from both of the ways. It's really, um, it's really incredible to see the images, you know, of just all of you running every which direction, some getting in cars, and then that, that visual of all these abandoned cars on the road, either burned out, blood-filled, just parked, showing the, the extraordinary events that happened. Noah, what, what did you do? What kept you alive? Were both of you, did you both stay together? And, and at what point, like how long were you there? And at what point did you realize that you were going to survive? Or, or were, you, were you concerned? Were you convinced you were going to die that day? I think, yes, for sure. We had a few moments. I was at least certain that that this is the end, that we're going to die here. And one of the things that kept me alive was Ma'o's attitude. He, he kept saying all the time, while running in the open field, running away from terrorists, he said, no way, we're not going to die like this. We have our whole life in front of us. We're not going to die. And that I think that what that's what kept us alive. And knowing our families are waiting for us. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that my dad was on the way and he said, I'm coming to rescue you. No matter what. We were inside the bush for eight hours together. Jeez. Just the two of us. Wow. You know, uh, you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what the next moment is going to bring. And so as you look back at this... I don't know anything. Yeah. And and look, Israelis know that the threat is always uh, terrorism because that's life in in Israel. Um, Moa, did it ever cross your mind that the wall, that security, one of the world's best border security, this, um, this wall, did you ever feel, did you ever feel threatened that it would be breached the way it was? Never. Actually, never. And so what does that tell, I mean, how has that resonated through Israel that, you know, uh, that that a terrorist group managed to get through this? I mean, is there a sense of law, like there's not a lot of security there, but is there a new feeling that there will never be security for Israel? It's something that never happened. Something so big. No one can imagine what's going on in the streets here right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not over. It has, it, it, it really, not has, over. It really has not, just begun. It's really, it's just the beginning. What's and your, what's your message? We have, I think the world needs to know that innocent civilians are getting slaughtered in the streets. Everywhere inside their homes. In a party which is supposed to be the most happy and safe place possible. In a place where young people are together, dancing, 
hugging each other, a place that turned out in a minute to a nightmare. And just, um, Moar, for you, are you, I mean, they're calling everyone up on, under 40. Will you be uh, called up to fight? Well, both, I guess both of you, because they also have women. Are both of you going to be called up to fight, do you think? Maybe. Everything is possible. And my sister is now fighting for Israel. My brother as well. What a time. What a time. Well, I know. I have family in Toronto. Yo, I know. My sister lives in Toronto. And the family of mine. And I want to call everyone in Canada and all the Jews and all the Jewish community. I want everyone to unite and help us and stand with Israel and understand what's happening here. I'm Yisrael Shai. So I will send that message to you. Uh, Canada very much is watching, and we will absolutely tell your stories. And um, I thank you very much. I know that this has got to be just impossible for you. It's not going to get easier for a long time. So I very much thank both of you for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Noah Kalash and Moar Ben-Ezri, boyfriend, girlfriend, you just heard their story. They have family directly here. Like I said, there's no one in Israel that does not have a connection to, to a Jew in this country. And, and I mean, think about what that would be like. Think about watching what you're watching, hearing now that babies are being beheaded. I mean, imagine now looking back, I survived that. It's stunning stories that we're going to hear and continue to hear.